From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we go deeper into the headlines you've heard from our radio newsrooms across the country. Today, On Deadline is examining the impact one family has had on America, the Kennedys. Most would agree the Kennedys are America's version of Britain's royal family, with all the drama, intrigue, personal and political highs and lows of a Greek tragedy. Their hold on the American imagination kicked off with Camelot, John F. Kennedy's halcyon era. Next week marks the 60th anniversary of his assassination, which makes this the perfect time to revisit his family's lasting legacy. On November 22, 1963, JFK was traveling in a motorcade in Dallas, Texas, when he was gunned down by Lee Harvey Oswald. Conspiracy theories aside, we're just going with the facts today. The moment was so shocking that for generations afterward, the event still continues to change our lives. For starters, security around the president has increased exponentially. Presidential freedom to roam has also been curtailed. In fact, the president can't even go for a drive around the nation's capital, as proven when former President Barack Obama wasn't allowed to leave the White House grounds when he was a guest on Jerry Seinfeld's show, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Still, he was a guest on a comedy show, which highlights another change. The white gloves that the media treated JFK with have been taken off, with today's pundits and reporters diving as deep into the personal as they do the professional. But the world after JFK changed beyond the way reporters treat our public figures, to encompass the way we consume news itself. Odyssey's Texas Wants to Know dove into the effects of JFK's assassination on our media consumption. What was the average American's experience as a news consumer like that day, as far as when they found out about things and then how they were able to follow coverage as the night progressed? Well, in big events of this kind, a lot of people find out their news of word of mouth. Somebody else has heard the radio or had seen a television broadcast and then spread it to other people. The only people who would have seen the first television reporting uh, which was Walter Cronkite at CBS News in New York breaking into a soap opera as the world turns with a bulletin. So people at home, probably mostly homemakers, might have seen that and then perhaps called other people or if uh, there was a television at some other place that people could have watched it. During the day, people could have picked up a, an extra newspaper edition. The television stations, all three networks, went to constant news coverage. So people, uh, when they got home from work, would be able to watch it constantly and probably most people were watching tv at little at least a little bit through the next uh, three days through kennedy's funeral mueller says the week of the assassination was likely among the most viewed news events in history rivaled only by things like the super bowl or september 11th the comparisons are really hard to measure because the coverage of events like this go on for several days so probably almost 100 percent people are watching at least some of it at some point. What did most of the network's coverage look like over that span? Was it wall to wall for three full days? Did they dip in and out? And what kind of coverage was provided? Um, it was pretty much constant once they decided to do that. When the news very first broke on CBS, Walter Cronkite had a bulletin. They didn't actually have him on camera because it took 15 uh, to 20 minutes to warm the cameras up. So as soon as Cronkite got the radio report from UPI, he said, we've got to go to the air, but he couldn't get on camera. So he went into a radio room 
and read it on radio and they put it on the, the soap opera as the world turns. And you can look up and see video of this on the internet, but it just shows the CBS logo in a bulletin. And then you hear Cronkite saying that three shots have rung out. And then they broke in periodically with more updates. And then eventually, then it broke into constant news. But it was somewhat similar to what you'd see today with a large news event where they would have interviews with uh, important people, panel discussions, that kind of thing. And of course, in those days, network television usually went off at, at midnight. It wasn't like 24-7 like we see today. How was TV news used up until that point? Well, television was a relatively new medium, although it had been invented in 1927. It wasn't really popularized until 1946, so it was kind of feeling its way. But basically, television had taken over from radio as the entertainment medium of the country. JFK's political decisions impacted lives across the world, from his handling of the Cuban Missile Crisis, his early decisions on Vietnam, and his relations with the Soviet Union in the days when the threat of a nuclear war between the two most powerful countries on the planet was very real. But he was just one character in a sprawling, charismatic family, one with glitz and glamour, wealth and scandals that have drawn interest for decades. JFK's made-for-television good looks, memorable speeches, and priceless photos where his poised wife and beautiful kids breathed new life into the once stodgy White House changed the world of media forever. Some would tell you that his daughter-in-law did it again with a unique blend of storytelling she managed to deliver without saying a word. Carolyn Bissett Kennedy, wife of JFK's only son, left her own mark on the country the willowy former Calvin Klein publicist never granted an interview. But with deft use of photography and fashion, she's iconic more than 20 years after tragically dying in a plane crash with her husband, JFK Jr., and her sister in 1999. Sunita Kumar Nair, the author of a new book about Carolyn Bissett Kennedy, joined Odyssey in New York to discuss the lasting impact of the former president's daughter-in-law. Next summer will mark 25 years since John F. Kennedy Jr.'s plane crashed, killing both Kennedy and his wife, Carolyn Bassett Kennedy, as well as Carolyn's older sister. The plane is now 19 hours overdue. No sign of the aircraft, no sign of the people who aboard the plane. Then CBS Evening News anchor Dan Rather. As we waited and wondered about the fate of this golden couple, recently the New York Times ran an article about how Carolyn Bassett Kennedy has become what they're calling a ghost influencer, somebody who is still influencing fashion trends. Joining us live is Sunita Kumar Nair, the author of the just-released book, CBK, Carolyn Bassett Kennedy, A Life in Fashion. Sunita, great to have you here. We all remember that picture, I think, of her in that beautiful wedding gown, very understated. Uh, just stunning. How would you describe her fashion style? That's right. We were talking about her, her wedding dress, which was an important style symbol. And I think it's a great representation of Carolyn's overall style, which was classic, well curated, and had a kind of seductive element to it always. I like to call it elegant refusal. You know, she just had a way of 
making things which seem were seemingly simple but weren't. Yeah, making them look great. Uh, again, I, I reference that that wedding dress. And are you seeing more of her outfit and style choices on the pages of magazines today? Some photo shoots seem to be almost staged based on some old paparazzi pictures of the couple. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely a resurgence of interest in them. They are a representative of the time, uh, style-wise, that, that seem natural and authentic. And I think you know people are trying to emulate that today, and and it's and it's great to see. It's, it, I think it's inspiring for a new generation who weren't necessarily born at the time of John, and is speaking to a different audience now. Right. You know, um, her style understated. She also seemed, you didn't hear too much from her. She seemed very, very cool. Uh, it, it's kind of tough to imagine her being an actual influencer nowadays doing TikTok videos and such, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think she would ever, ever do that. Um, I think, you know, even during her lifetime, she was, um, quite silent with the press. Um, she wasn't something that someone who entertained uh, at fame. Um, and I think that that that's part of the attraction in a way. In a way, she she deliberately repelled it. And and by doing so, um, she attracted more attention. And I think if she were alive today, I, I, I wouldn't be her doing TikTok videos or anything in a kind of social media forum. The Kennedy legacy began in the 1850s with Patrick Joseph Kennedy, JFK's grandfather. The son of Irish immigrants, P.J. Kennedy was the only surviving man in his family after cholera killed his father and brother. Starting at the age of 14, he became a successful businessman, later owning three saloons and a whiskey import house. Kennedy was also a major figure in the Democratic Party in Boston. He became a Massachusetts state representative and later a state senator. Fast forward through more than 150 years of headlines to the latest Kennedy to step into the world of politics. That's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's the son of JFK's assassinated brother, Robert F. Kennedy. RFK Jr. has found himself running for president as an independent, something experts say could throw a wrench into the upcoming election in one of the most polarized periods ever in American politics. Political scientist Aaron Dusso joined Odyssey in New Orleans to discuss the impact of RFK Jr.'s candidacy. Good to talk to you. Um, has anything changed of note as we count down now less than a year away from the presidential election? I mean, what's happened here is clear that uh, people keep saying in these polls that they're just not happy that they're going to be faced with a choice between Biden and Trump again. Uh, that's what we're seeing poll after poll after poll. People are like, I'd rather choose somebody else, but if I'm stuck, maybe I'll have to you know, choose between the two. But, boy, they would like to have someone else on that ballot. I don't know. Is that good? Does that mean the country, the, the voters are deciding who the candidates are, which is the way it's supposed to be? Or does that mean that the party leaders have lost control of the party or who actually is deciding who the candidates are? Well, ultimately, it's, you know, we got to point to the structure of our system. I mean, we have a two party system here and we can't seem to break free from it. And it's uh, telling us that 
to me, it's telling us that uh, people would like to have more options. But, you know, basically since the Civil War, we've had the Republicans and Democrats, and that's our options. So while people participate in primaries, and they certainly have their choices, but, you know, there's not going to be really a primary when it comes to the Democratic side. And the Republican side seems to be Trump. I mean, he keeps growing and growing. He's at nearly 60 percent support among Republicans. So the choice doesn't seem, you know, already seems to be made. About the candidates. Right now, I mean, yeah, the candidates, we have options, you know, with between Biden and Trump. But when, it, you know, are people going to really vote for RFK in, in November? We'll even be able to get on the ballot because, again, this is a structural problem for people is, you know, we might want to vote for RFK Jr. in November. But he's probably not likely, you know, to be able to get on every single ballot. So we won't even have that choice. So, yes, people can want what they want. But, again, the rules uh, that keep people, you know, kind of structured in a way that they don't have the options they actually want to make. Has there been any polling to indicate that you're really for your guy or you're just against the other one? Oh, there's there's actually been quite a bit of polling and uh, research on the topic of negative partisanship. And what that shows is certainly over the last 20 years, we've seen a rise in negative partisanship. And what that means is you might identify with Republicans or the Democrats, but it's not because you love the Republicans or Democrats. It's because you really hate the other party. And that's a big change in the United States over the last two decades, whereas partisanship used to be about my party. And I love, you know, I love my party. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not going to you know vote for the other one. But now it, I just don't like that other parties so it's a much more based on dislike rather than like according to a recent quinnipiac university poll rfk jr could get support from 22 percent of registered voters cnn reported that's higher than any independent or third-party candidate in a generation, which means that he, along with other non-major party candidates, has a real chance to affect the outcome of the 2024 election. In a recent poll from USA Today and Suffolk University, a three-way race between Trump, Biden, and Kennedy showed Trump and Biden tied at 37%, with RFK Jr. receiving 13% of the vote. Arguments can be made on both sides as to whether he'll pull more votes from former Republican President Donald Trump or current Democrat President Joe Biden. But this Kennedy isn't like the seasoned and polished politicians who came before him. And concerns remain for many about RFK Jr., whether it be his anti-vaxxer stance or comments that have been deemed by some as anti-Semitic. Will Americans be willing to cast their support behind another Kennedy in the voting booth, even with these issues? We'll know in about a year. For more information about the Kennedy assassination and how it's impacted the U.S. for decades, check out Odyssey Station KRLD's Texas Wants to Know podcast. They're doing special episodes about the anniversary of the assassination this month. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strauser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Berry, and I want to say thanks for listening to On Deadline, Odyssey's serving of a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts to stay informed.